<clears throat> Justin, what's up? Tell me about the expanse. The How show. far did you get? I actually finished the first season. Oh man! But I sort of was like half watching it from like episode five out. Okay. I mean, like not like totally half watching it, but like occasionally, like it'd be going and I'd be doing other stuff on my computer. <clears throat> So you were half watching, half working, or you were just zoned out from painkillers or what? No, no, no. I was I was watching and then playing a game on the side, but I wasn't really focusing on the game too much. A most game? Of the time. Yeah. What game? Just an addiction I have. Okay. It's okay. All right. I see. But yeah, I mean, so my thing is, so the rule with anime, which I've lost my passion years ago. You give a show a three-episode shake. And if you're not, like, completely pulled in after that, then it's like, ah, it's not worth your time. Okay. But I had to watch this for this thing. Right. So, like, after three episodes, it was like, eh, this is kind of interesting. If I wasn't obligated, I may not watch it. So I just sort of, like... Was there additional pull-in as you watched more of it, or is it A little bit. Okay. There was a little bit of additional pull-in, but, like... That was my experience, too. Yeah. Like, the first episode, like, I watched it, and I'm like, seriously, like, this, like... Yeah. Stupid sci-fi noir detective bullshit, like, with a goofy-ass dumb haircut thing. Fedora tipper time. Yeah. I was, like, twitching... Like, my eye was twitching every time he was on screen, but, like... As long as he wasn't on screen, like, and the UN lady, like, it was like, oh, this is, like, an okay story. But those two, I wasn't a fan of. But, like, yeah, as it went on, like, episode seven or eight, I was, like, pulled in a little more, but. Yeah, I was pulled in really a lot by the end, but the beginning I was also with you, like, great. This guy has a 1922 haircut with a 1935 hat. And uh, 2,250 attitude. Something like that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but eh, it eh. was okay, I guess. As long as it was like the people of that one crew, like the, the minor crew people. The, oh, the, the, um, the people who, the, the, what's the, the Pure Clean Water Company people? Is that what they were called? Yeah. The one that had their ship blown up and they were like... Yeah, because they were on... The ship that got blown up was like a, um ice hauler thing that was hauling fresh water back to all of the brown people on Earth. No, the, wait, was it Earth or was it the... <laughs> it was for series. It was creation. for the series belt thing, but that is like a colony that's owned by Earth to produce raw materials for people uh, on Earth to not figure out how to use desalination technology because they're retarded. That's what I didn't understand. So they're in like a closed loop (laughs) system on this asteroid and they have water issues. Like don't can't, I mean, okay. Yeah. They are like making like children, which, you know, basically they are giant sacks of water. Like if you're being scientific about it, but like, shouldn't there be like, you know, Oh, like we reuse water. Like, Oh, we clean the water. We do other stuff. Like I'm talking about earth though. I mean, like, can't you just make it? What the ocean is almost over the top of New York City, which isn't a bad thing. But can't you desalinate some of that water and drink it? So okay, so the thing, so current day desalination process is very expensive. Yeah, but uh, in like 
there are other cheaper ways to do it. But by the time you're like, you know, 200 years in the future, like, and there are huge water issues, you'd be like, hey, maybe a desalination plant is a little cheaper than like hauling rocks from Saturn. And like, it's worth the expense at this point because yeah. we need it. Like, that's what I was, <laughs> I was like the whole time mentally shouting like, why, what the fuck is going on? Like, that was, a, there was a lot of that going on. Like, the first couple episodes, they like drove into your head, like... Water is precious, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, then, like, in the later episodes, you have these, like, you know, miners or, like, other people working in space, like, drinking out of these water bottles. And, like, they just, like, throw this, like, half-empty water bottle behind them. Like, eh, whatevs. And, like, you know, little droplets are still coming out of it. It's, like, if, like, it's worth its weight in gold, literally, like you said, then, like, you're throwing away hundreds of dollars when you, like, toss a water bottle that isn't, like, completely, you know dry you know like lick the inside for any more water plus there's also always water to make alcohol the amount of booze people drink in the show uh, and you need it's a water intensive process to make alcohol yes it is it is kind so of surprising that there is a bar on that uh series place with that many people in it like i would think alcohol on that sort of water resource that that, that sort of like place with not a lot of water resource like it would be a very high-end like fancy sort of place not like a slum you know dive bar type place that's what i was wondering is how expensive are these drinks if so much water goes into making the whiskey or whatever how come that's not like the equivalent of the cup of water i I, yeah i i don't know honestly it's inaccurate but Justin and I jumped down our, our rabbit hole too quickly. Grant, what did you think? I didn't ask you. <laughs> yeah, I had a very similar reaction. I thought it took towards episode four and five to really feel like the stories were coming together and building towards something. Because the first three episodes especially, it's like they're telling three separate stories that don't really have any connection to one another until you find out that this scopuli freighter is the object of the detective guy's investigation and it's the thing that got the canterbury destroyed and it's the thing that the people on the earth un are interested in as well but right. you have to wait till halfway through the season to get that message it's definitely a book yeah definitely it's a novel adapts a series of novels adapted into a limited run television series yeah, because that separate story thing works well in a book, but it's kind of painful in a TV series. That said, I thought that of the three first episodes, I thought the third one where they were surviving on the like the life buoy and had to go outside and oh. try to communicate with some with they eventually get found by the Martian ship. So quick thing about that, what really bugged me <clears throat> about that whole sequence is they spent like half an hour trying to repair the uh, like radio antenna, and then they just fonzied it in the end. Kicked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it works, I suppose. But I, 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 I it's uh, been working since Han Solo. I think that was. <laughs> I think that's okay. That I think the show get deserves a lot of credit for trying to take the pains of showing the realistic way of handling things. Yeah. But then when you get to the end of the manual and there's no more procedure book pages. The, what do you, you kick it? I mean, what else do you have to do? There was a lot of that going on though in the show, but it feels like the environment <laughs> of the show is more like the alien films, mm-hmm. that kind of aesthetic of like a used up 
future, very industrial, but it doesn't, I don't think there's as much overt evil in it. Like there's no really evil nefarious corporation that's behind everything. It's probably end up going to be the, the UN is somehow behind like the, the goo stuff that they find. Wasn't there like some sort of, I mean, so I, I thought it was like some sort of like corporation or like laboratory that was the French Chinese guy who's the actor, the Chinese guy who's in everything. Yeah. That guy. Oh. Ubiquitous man. Okay. I think it's his corporation that had it, and then his spoiled bitch daughter tried to do something with it or was trying to LARP as a member of the OPA. Yeah, she was mad at at Daddy, so she quit and joined the Rebels and was going to mess up her dad's evil biotech venture. Nanite goo experiment thing, whatever. Not really well so, explained. Yeah, yeah, that's what I sort of... Was it ever really well explained, like, why that ship explode, like shot the, the minor ship, the Canterbury or whatever? Yes, it to was. To prevent people from knowing what happened to this? I don't know. I didn't really understand. Yeah, they explained At least it. in season one. Like, I, I tried to look it up, and, like, I was trying to, like, avoid the season two stuff. So I was like, season one, recap. Well, what's the explanation shit. since we didn't I get it? I think it was that... They wanted to hide all evidence of the stuff they were doing on that Phoebe station, the research. Mm-hmm. So, so the, why was there, there was a the, distress beacon put on? Well, there was a shipment of the Nan, the goo stuff, yeah, being sent somewhere else, and that Scopuli freighter intercepted it, and then they took the Scopuli people and put them in like you know, those holding cells that the girl was in in the first part of the first episode Mm -hmm. inside, like, those advanced ships they have. And so they had to get rid of all the evidence. So they put the distress beacon on the scopuli, and then when the Canterbury came to investigate it, they blew up the Canterbury and made it look like the Martians had done it. Oh. Yeah, and then the Martians came investigating what happened and found the survivors of the Canterbury... That's There's a false flag by the Martians. There's a yeah. false flag corporate conspiracy to make nanite yeah. do people. Mass murder, suicide <laughs> pills. That's scarily, uh, that sounds scarily, you know, appropriate. <laughs> but we don't know what the goo is is yet. Uh, okay. Because, I mean, everybody else has watched all three seasons probably. We're late to this, but I don't know what it is yet. I'm thinking it's some kind of, like, artificial life form because the guy was saying, oh, yeah, we just have to let it grow so we can learn from it. Very alien, alien, right. like very Wayland Utani. Like we'll have to let it grow and study it. Wink. Nothing will go wrong, of course. Yeah, nothing ever. Goes Only wrong. good things will happen. And I think Wormtongue says that in Aliens Twenty, whichever one he's in. Four. Resurrection. Yeah. I don't remember which one Resurrection Resurrection was. The one where they three D print a new Ripley with magic or something. Is that the one with the whiskey cube? Thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's the one Josh Wheaton did. It's the one memorable thing in that movie, the whiskey cube technology, <laughs> <laughs> used for nothing else in the entire series. Except, but it's so cool. That's why people, I know. <laughs> that's, why, that's why they only remember that because the rest of the movie is a piece of shit. It's, it's such like, a oh, shame. Wow, that's neat. I, I think the only thing that I really remember from that movie were like there was a basketball scene in the whiskey cube. And uh, if you in the other, oh details, right, but. where Ron Perlman almost ruins the take. Yes, because he couldn't believe that oh. uh, Sigourney Whoa. Weaver got the basketball shot. Yes, <laughs> fuck you, Ron Perlman. Terrible acting. Sucks. 
Anyway, you know what reminds me of Ron Perlman is, uh, so I think we should back up. The detective guy? Sorry. A, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but we should, I think, back up and say that it's in the future. The UN controls Earth. Mars is another planet in the solar system that is its own independent political entity. Right. And then there's this third amorphous kind of frontier, um, I don't know, Dutch East India Company type thing going on in the belt, which is asteroids and moons and stuff. Is that the Tyco Corporation, or is that... I mean, there's all sorts of different corporations, but it's like there's Mars and Earth are the two big monolith political entities, and then there's like the... Right, and then they have a bunch of companies that they basically sanction to go in and like oh, mine resources. Yeah, like a, okay, a yeah, charter yeah. from Earth or a charter from Mars, like, oh, we're a Mars-chartered company mining ice here, like that kind oh, of okay, thing. Okay, okay, okay. So, so three political entities. The OPA, though, that I thought was like going to be the third one you mentioned. Isn't that like a terrorist-type organization yeah, of like, hey, we should have like an independent asteroid belt people type thing? Right. They're the people on the working the belts for the corporations from, I guess, Earth and Mars who are saying that if we're doing all the work, we should have our own self-determination and not be, yeah. you know. Is it the sense that Detective Guy, who works on series, gives to... um Hispanic new guy is that it's not a there's that the no dude who got the bolt into the chest yeah okay there's no justice it's just whoever has more cops I think is something he says or there's no justice just cops or something like that so it's obviously like the uh, libertarian dystopia police mm-hmm. you know they yeah, pretty all, much do whatever <laughs> it's all private security forces <laughs> exactly the, right like they hire those guys on um, the other place they go to not um after they leave series black guy station yeah that yeah. place i can't remember which moon it's on or whatever i thought that was just like a space station i thought or, it was just a space station yeah, yeah they were building yeah. the mormon ship there or whatever or it was like oh. no that was at tyco which was station. a really weird like yeah. subplot but anyway whatever. the number of mormons in the show space mormons <laughs> I, it's like oh there's only one religion left in the world everyone else is atheist but the mormons are still there it's like and they're leaving yes they're like fuck you guys they're going to find Mitt romney's planet where he's the god Something. It's true, Justin. Okay. That that was the one uh, scene I really liked. The you know tip of the hat fedora thing guy, like when he was like you know be like, hey, space Mormon, what happens if you get there and like there's nothing there? It's like, well, it sucks for us. <laughs> oh, how the Mormon guy just trolls him back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty funny scene, actually. I think there's a lot of great scenes, and I think that it's really well-written. It just takes a long time to get into it relative to other shows, relative to other series. Because you, you, the, the mystery of the show starts with some random girl trying to get out of a little holding cell, and you don't know what's going on. Turns out later that was the scapulae freighter incident goo ship thing. So what would really bug me is, like, if I had to watch this show, like, as it premiered week to week... Mm-hmm. I feel like I would lose some threads as it yeah. would go on. Like watching this, you know, within the span of, you know, like four or five days or whatever I did it in, like it was a little more consumable. It's easy. Yeah. It's easier to follow because you start out with this, like what's going on. But I think then... that goes to like what you were saying. It's more like a book because when you're reading a book, you're just like going, going, going. You don't have to wait, like read two chapters. Oh, you're going to wait a week now. Like have fun. Then pick it up again, type thing. What if you had to wait seven years? Seven years. Yeah. 
That fat oh, ass. fat faggot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that fat ass. He needs to fucking finish that book. Has it been seven book. years since Yeah, this? it indeed has. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were just talking about that yesterday. That fat fuck needs to finish writing those books before anyway, he dies. Speaking of, of dead people. But he's um, got a new compendium coming out. Oh, and he took time to write that. It's very nice About of the him. history of this. Oh, of course. <laughs> he's stalling. So, he's stalling. I'm, you know, his, just his obsession to become J.R.R. Tolkien's unhealthy. But it's... You know what? If he dies before he finishes them, it's like if Tolkien had died and not written Return of the King. So it's like, oh, you just stop at the two towers. Yeah. So that's that's why Tolkien did it right because he finished his fucking books and then he went back and wrote about the history of every rock and right. every he, shit he stain on the wall. He wrote that Silmarillion, <laughs> which is interminable. But it explains all the shit that yeah. he always wanted to explain. His Compendium of the Universe. Anyway, that anyway. connected. That's how I did feel about some of this. Is that it is a learning curve to understand like all the mythology of the expanse world, and they don't give you a lot of insight into it in the first couple episodes. You just get it vaguely. You get like an opening kind of crawl where it tells you, oh yeah, there's separate planets, and you know people live in the belt too, and but they don't give you a really good sense of like what who controls what and how it all is organized and reminded me of Battlestar Galactica where they just started with that little, like there was a war and then there was peace. And now they're at the station to sign the armistice every year. Yeah. It does remind me a lot of Battlestar Galactica, except that it's not as dark. Like, I mean, actually visually dark. So there's some CGI in the expanse that is, I mean, it's all just, like, TV quality, but there is some that's, like, really, really bad, and I think it's because they've got, like, a lot of light in the scene, whereas Battlestar Galactica, yeah, it was all bad, but they got away with it and it looked okay because everything was so damn dark on the screen. That bird CGI, like, it bugged me every time. But he was a little robot bird, so it made sense, sort of. Sort of. that a robot bird? I mean, he was eating shit. I think it was a robot bird because it had the red eyes, like the little guy in the wheel. Right, and then detective guy, he got out his book and looked up what it was worth and was oh. like, I'll get a real bird someday. They're very expensive, though. Why would the robot bird eat seeds and stuff that were handed to him? For realism. When he spits it out when like, no one's looking? Probably. Or he just he has a little compartment that like opens up and just drops yeah, all the... Like his stomach just opens yeah. up in the middle of the night and drops them on the cage. Like. Yeah. Or maybe he burns them up in his biomass fusion plant, and that's yeah, how his that's batteries it. run. It's just like he's a real bird, except it's like a machine system. <laughs> yeah, Justin, you don't know. I mean, seriously, though, they've got a, like the main character guy from the ice freighter that's... so. There's, I, I think his name was Holden. Hol- yeah. Holden Caulfield has like yeah. 10 parents. Yes, he's got like 10 moms. He's like a genetic chimera, and apparently that's not uncommon to just take a bazillion people's DNA blend it into somehow one embryo and then have one person give birth to it because they wanted their nature preserve that they live on the ownership rights to be transferred to him and having like one person own it all was the only way to like keep all the land together and keep yeah. the, the UN from taking control. I of got it. that, but it just yeah. it didn't, it just seemed like that was not something that was like, Oh my God, so weird. It's not, it doesn't really fit into the story that much because when she, you know, the Iranian lady goes to see his mom, I didn't really find that conversation that enlightening because there's we don't really learn much about Holden that we didn't already know through that. We know he's kind of a do-gooder because he was the one who 
um, the didn't call. delete the the distress signal from the scopuli and made them go investigate it because he thought he heard somebody saying "Help me" on the the distress signal. So right, the sh- the show opens with the girl escaping from her death chamber, but quickly cuts to this Canterbury ship that's just hauling ice for the Pure Clean Ice Water Company. And then Holden Caulfield sees that there's a distress signal, and his evil fat captain guy is like, ah, we should just keep going. Nobody heard this distress signal. I'm going to go have a sandwich now. The evil fat captain with the porcelain cat dolls or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go have a sandwich. None of you heard that. And then Holden Caulfield makes them hear it, and that's how things go wrong because then the stealth ship, um, Elliot Carver's stealth boat and Mr. Stamper come blow up the Canterbury. Yeah. And then the Martians think that somebody else attacked the innocent ship, so they're mad at the Canterbury crew. Yeah, I just told you this like five minutes ago. Right, but I'm putting it together into the order of the plot as it's presented. Right. So we're just kind of talking about random shit. Because then they're stuck in the lifeboat, and then they end up, uh, that sequence with the Martians, because then the Martians are attacked again by the same Elliot Carver Right. Spooky ship. And the Martian ship gets blown up. and Which is apparently a big thing because the <laughs> but Martians... But there were spooky ships, not just one spooky ship. That's oh, that's true. There's a fleet of spooky ships. Yeah. And the Martians are not prepared, even though they have apparently better technology. They're just flabbergasted. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that they have better technology. They like As a single ship versus ship, like they may have been matched, but like there was a fleet of ships and they were just like, oh, we're like a warship and we're like one of the most advanced, you know, we have the most advanced technology in the system, so we can take, you know, five, six ships. Yeah. And they just weren't prepared to deal with matching or greater level of technology in those uh, type of ships. Um, the skinny chief Tyrol guy, um, psycho marine man. Amos? Amos, yeah. He yeah. says, like, oh, they, you know, they must have rail guns, too. I guess then the Martians were not expecting those tiny ships to be packing capital ship weapons, I guess. Yeah. So the Martians get wrecked, and then Again, they... Funny scene right there in the little prison pod section. Oh, like, the guy who... Medic's like, hey, here, have, you know, a little tranquilizer Boom, thing. <laughs> but did you, did you like that they, they plugged up the hole when, um, I can't remember what her name is, she grabbed the thing out of the locker. It was like the emergency flight manual thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was going to make a comeback later with the fucking radio transmitter. And I was like, oh, no, are they going to go to the, you know, page 10, what to do if there's a sudden breach, loss of pressure? No, she just puts it over the hole. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was kind of funny. And then they steal a Martian rocket ship that the a Martian well, lieutenant... they didn't necessarily steal it. They, they take said, it with permission. Yeah, yeah, they said, hey, you need to get off the station, go take this ship. And, and then he gives everyone, all of them access to it. Psychic jelly bean man. Yeah. Before he dies, he gives everybody, like, full control of the ship. What was his name? Cortez? Something. Um, the dude with, like, the the man bun haircut. And also the little, like, crack rock he smokes to make his pupils go huge and read people's oh, minds. Yes. yes, there's that guy. <laughs> yeah, there's that thing, too. Which was unexplained. I, I'm still intensely curious about what that whole deal yeah, is. Yeah. Like, I just got that. It was, like, supposed to be kind of mysterious and be like oh yeah the martians are like really advanced and they have technology that like nobody really knows about so just like i was wondering if that was like something to make his his like make him super sensory so he could see like or hear the change in your heartbeat or something to tell or, like if just you're like lying. see little ticks or yeah. like you know so that's what i took it as but i still found it interesting that he's got a like Altoid ten of yeah, like, <laughs> like little crack rocks that make him into a superhuman for thirty seconds. 
So they take the rocket ship with permission, and then they go to... Um, and everyone that gave them permission dies. Conveniently. Yes. So now it's their ship. And there's the, they go to um, that station. None of us can remember the name Ty- of it. Tycho Station. Tycho Station. And that's kind of where the plot threads start to converge finally, because the, they're looking for the people who attacked the ship and the mystery of the scapulae, and then so is Detective Man, but he's looking for the Chinese girl because her rich dad is like, where's my fucking kid? Sounds about right. That's where the plot points finally converge because they think they've tracked her down eventually to some... The plot points converge when you learn that both of them are heading to the same place. Right, right. Because it's all all the same thing they're looking for is what happened to this girl technology ship and it's all tied together and they meet in some weird motel yes on eros or something but i, I can yeah, where was it. that was that like a meteoroid or is that what a moon uh i thought it was a moon but i don't okay. fucking know i'm iffy on my like remembrance of moon names and asteroid names who knows okay who knows they meet somewhere they meet in the same place <laughs> but it is a trashy motel yeah, it is a trashy motel that reminded me very much of the Hilton from Total Recall. Yeah. Extremely much of that. Or Milto 6 on the And they have the a highway. fucking shootout in the lobby. Yeah. Very Total Recall style shootout. Yeah. And so Total, somebody Definitely from, an influence. So somebody from the UN Security Council or something decides, like, this Holden guy is no, knows too much now. Like, he's going to, you know, fuck our shit up. Is is that that um, Indian or Pakistani lady was saying like, "Hey, this is oh, wait, why are you doing this?" Like, uh, you don't need to know. It was her her boss guy, something like that. Vaguely evil white man. Yes, and then black admiral guy are just like, "Don't worry about it. We'll we'll take care of the problem." You got this. And, and then, it turns out they don't got it. Yes, because. Um, Fedora Tipper Man is there, and he tips his fedora really hard. Yes. And everybody dies. But he didn't have his fedora anymore, actually. Oh, right, because his stupid hat got taken by the gangster. No, he just left it on the side of a wall or something. He hung it up. Yeah. He hung up his hat. Yep. Get it? He's no longer a cop. Mm-hmm. The thing I didn't understand is that when they're trying to get off that station, because, spoiler, they don't find the girl because she's, you know... They do find her. Well, find I mean, her. she's dead. She's dead. Yeah. They don't find her alive. Yeah. They find her corpse. And then UN security people or something show up and start tricking everyone to go into the shelters. Yeah. So, yeah, they blow up a ship. So they're yeah. like, oh, my God, there's, like, radiation linking. Everyone needs to, like, get into a safe area. Also, here's, like, some anti, you know, radiation, you know, shot medicine or something like that, which they're infecting people with, like, the spore fungus shit. And they're actually irradiating the people to give the spore more energy which is why the two guys get the lethal dose of radiation in the yeah. the last episode or something, and they it's, have to make it to the ship. Yeah, so I guess they're just, like, investigating. They, like, open up a door, and it's like, oh, a bunch of dead bodies. Oh, oops, we just got radiated, like, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, which sucks for them. I think Amos, not Amos, fuck, um, Holden Caulfield has some kind of superhuman DNA because Fedora Man is, like, throwing up and feeling sick. And he doesn't start throwing up until like hours later. Well, right he's now. older. I mean, that I think that's what I. Yeah, that's radiation how I is radiation. But like. this guy, but <laughs> like the Holden guy is like twenty something years old, and the you know what's his name Joe, uh, 
that's his name, Joe. Joe Sixpack. Yeah, the the detective guy is like clearly you know middle aged, and maybe that's he just maybe it just took him a lot sooner to the effects to catch up with him. I was thinking maybe because his immune system or whatever is compromised because he has like the freaky bones from growing up on oh, the and, belt. And well, and he really doesn't do anything but drink alcohol and. Yeah, yeah, but I think Holden Caulfield's ten parents somewhere in there was something that we're going to find out later. Out of all the characters, though, I like the detective guy the best. I think he's got the most well-rounded character, and I actually like that the psycho marine dude. Yeah, Amos is my favorite. Amos. I think he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just ready to kill anybody for any reason. It's pretty funny. Also, Indian Texan man. Oh, the pilot? Mm. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he's apparently a Martian, or he was in the Martian Navy for like 20 years, and then... As a a bitch. Yeah, as like a shuttle pilot or something. Yeah, personnel shuttles. He did personnel transfers all the time. Yeah, Yeah, he's like the lowest (laughs) of the low, pretty much. I mean, but he still has some rank. Some rank enough to know about the secret, you know? Well, I mean, it's not like he was like... It wasn't in his official training. He just, like, encountered that while he was, you know, hauling cargo. Like, one time somebody was like, oh, donkey balls. It's like, okay, that's like a secret code word that, like, means fuck off. We're doing black ops shit. Like, And Spy Man, UN Spy Man, posing as a corporate Spy Man. I was glad he died. Yeah. He was... Is he dead, though, Justin? Maybe. Because he's great. He gets grabbed by a big nano goo arm thing and taken up to the giant glowing with like a glowing person version of him or something yeah so who knows what's happening there yeah did you ever play uh no what was that game called fuck uh masters of urquan or something urquan masters it was like a no but i remember you and other star control 2 that was what it was oh yes I have played Star Control too. I have not played as much as you and Christian have. Okay, but there's like this race of mushroom people that like want to spread their spores throughout the galaxy. Yes. <laughs> You're visibly like yes. closing your eyes and sighing. Yes. Yeah, that's what this reminded me of. Because really, whenever you do mushrooms on Earth, you're ingesting the spores, and that's why you trip out, because you're communicating with the mushroom entity in space. Yes, you're cre- yeah. you're connecting to the whole like... My city old network going back to Star Trek STD. <laughs> oh my God. What is this, a crossover episode? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> this is better than Star Trek Discovery. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. It's way better than Star, Star Trek, Trek Discovery could learn a few lessons from the Expanse and easily. I'm- more excited about watching the next few seasons of it now that I know that it's one, it's free on Amazon Prime, and that Amazon is continuing the series now that Sci Fi canceled it, which was interestingly not because of low ratings. It's actually one of the higher rated shows on the Sci Fi channel. They canceled production of it because the people who own the distribution rights to The Expanse wanted really onerous terms or something with sci-fi or sci-fi didn't like the distribution terms they were offering so they just canceled the show oh like the company that's doing the tv production on behalf of the author yeah okay so sci-fi didn't like the deal that they were offered so they just said oh we're canceling the show even though 
it's a popular show and there's a lot of people who are, they got a hundred thousand people to sign a petition. That's why Amazon bought the rights. Yeah. I wonder if Amazon had any negotiating power that was different from what the terms were offered to sci-fi. Probably. Because I mean, like, I guess maybe the <clears throat> people making the TV show were like trying to, you know, swing their dick around like, Oh yeah, we can do whatever we want. We're changing the terms. It just takes one Amazon smile package on your front doorstep with like your children's names and pictures printed on the inside of the cardboard from Jeff Bezos to make you <laughs> change your mind about Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not outside the realm of possibility, but I mean, <laughs> it's got that picture of him that they're all shopping around every internet article about Amazon now of him, like walking with the Jack, the flak jacket on. Yeah. He has like huge jacked arms. Or something. <laughs> I love that one picture of like him, like in that, you know, danky, like, little office in like the 90s is like hey i want to sell books and then like yeah there's that picture i'll sell whatever the fuck i want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the really the the jean renault glasses and shit yeah, from... <laughs> yeah hilarious i'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm so glad they picked it up though because Me too. i think they'll do a really great job with it and they have less creative restrictions than a cable oh yeah network I think that's part of Amazon Studios' philosophy too, is that they try to make the the fewest possible creative restrictions on the 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 I don't know what you want to call them authors, creators, whatever the people yeah. who are doing the the work. I mean that show uh, we were talking about yesterday on there, Goliath. Clearly, no creative restrictions whatsoever because there's some truly sick shit in that show. So I'm hoping that stuff that they might have left out from the Expanse books makes it into the show now stuff that sci-fi wouldn't have put on tv yeah there's a distinct 8 p.m right time show distinct lack of uh true grittiness yeah there's a distinct lack of space horrors real space horrors definite distinct lack of swearing there was mention of space horrors though well the um new hispanic guy is going to one for his jamaican pigeon english lessons well, no, no, no. There was, um, I think, like in the first or second episode, I want to say, like, one person on the ice hauler was, like, you know, chatting around, like, hey, you know, I'm going to go to the casino and then the the space brothel. And then, like, oh, do the space brothel first before they clean you out of the casino. And then, like, he gets his arm ripped off by a rock. Yeah. So, yeah, there are space, there are space oars. But I'm saying that we... It's, you didn't see the Space Wars. It's like, it a very, like Game of Thrones. It's a very sanitized version of Space Wars. I think oh. that's the moment I knew I was going to enjoy this series is when those two guys are outside and he gets his arm fucking blown off by like a meteorite or something. And he's just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but, this I mean, is that, going to be pretty good. <laughs> that'll happen. It'll happen out there in space. Yeah. I thought this was a pretty... It's. It's not like the future would be exactly like this, but I think it's a semi-plausible version of a future where there's no warp drive technology and there's no aliens and we're, ha- we're not exploring interstellar space. We're just confined to our solar system, but we've populated the solar system. I think it's an interesting look at that where people would change a lot if, you know, between living on Earth and Mars... Because they say that the Martians are very different from Earth people now, not biologically, but they have a different life philosophy, mm-hmm. different culture, different ways of thinking. Like the the one guy who dies says that the Earth people are just also like caught up in their drugs and recreation because they've lost like the will to do anything great, where the Martians are all about trying to terraform Mars and turn it into 
what Earth used to be. Yeah, because he's sick of living in, you know, domes and stuff. It's like... Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't understand why you want to leave Earth, because well, there's, like, fucking oceans. It's, it's like, it's crazy. Cohagen built the cheap domes at first, and the kids turned into mutants, and now he's charging for the air. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. I missed that or something. Huh? Holden Caulfield has to start the reactor. It's going to happen in season five. Mark my words. What the fuck are you talking about? It's the plot of Total Recall. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, Total Recall, the inspiration for the game Red Faction. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> are we talking about the new one? The, the far superior one, right? Um, they, <laughs> the new one from 1990? <laughs> Did they make one yeah. in the 80s or 70s? The 2012 one. Yeah, the 2012 yeah, one. Yeah, that we talked about with great. Colin Farrell. I don't, I don't yeah, recall yeah. them making <laughs> it. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is the only one they made. I think we agreed that it wasn't really a Total Recall movie. It was just had the name. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did, because yeah. their replacement for going to Mars and doing something creative is a giant a elevator that goes to the center yeah. of the Earth from Britain to Australia. Why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember that plot point. <laughs> yeah. I just remember it was all like, you know, a drug into stream or something. Like, it was very specific. It's like, this is... It's, well, it's like he's going to the plunge or whatever the fuck it's called. And it's a giant elevator that falls to the middle of the earth. And he goes and builds robots or something. Which makes sense. And then he goes back through the earth to go home. At the end, his commute is just through the center of the fucking planet. But if they build an <laughs> elevator through the earth, won't the two sides, like, split apart? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know. They traveled through the planet core and the Phantom Menace. But that was only because they had to, and Boss Nass told them it was the fastest way. The planet core. <laughs> okay. Okay, but yeah, really. Anyway, it's... Um, yeah, and they I pay th- attention to the science in this show, too, or s- somewhat. The, I mean, like the, there's the Coriolis effect from pouring the liquid out in a low-gravity environment. There's um, the way that they do space travel actually and how people compensate for the g-force effect when they're in space the fact that the creepy skeleton bird people who grow up on the asteroids can't handle earth gravity right so much so that on earth the way to torture them is to actually just hang them up on hooks just because the gravity <laughs> yeah the gravity is gonna like punish their bodies that much so what i didn't understand like i've seen this in other maybe just one sci-fi thing but like there was this one show I watched. It was like they had some people on Earth and they had people on the moon. And the people that were born on the moon were like seven feet tall, like that was a normal height or something. Mm-hmm. Because the lower G and it's like, okay, well, you just keep growing because you don't have forces pressing down on you. But right. like people were still, you know, like five, six feet tall in this show. But I thought it would be a cool bit. But it's also hard to find seven foot tall actors as extras. So. But the the people that they do call out as being like, oh, you're a belter. That's why, you know, you've got all, you know, they have longer limbs and they are taller. I know it's not everybody. It was like super obvious though. It's like, oh, you have like little like, you know, bone spurs on the back of your neck or something like that. It's like, okay. Really looking that close. I think that there's also been some apparently medical science in the show that has helped Oh yeah, like arrest here, at least some of the severe... here's some juice to drink so your bones don't hurt. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean they can cure you from a lethal dose of radiation. Yeah, hours yeah. after it's happened, after right. your body's all you need to do is down. get to the medical bay, and then they'll strap fine. a little like you know blood pressure thing on you. Maybe they can. Everything. Maybe we don't know yet. Maybe they can. 
Well, some of the, I mean, some of that technology is pretty. It's pretty interesting and it's pretty plausible as a two hundred year forward version of a technology that we have now. Some of the stuff, though, it was that like, oh, we're Martians, we're super advanced sort of technology. Because like, when uh, Ames broke his leg, like they were kind of. It, it seemed like they were, you know taken back by like oh well this is like a crazy martian cast thing that like allows him to you know do jumping jacks like oh they like pour the stuff into the wound and then it like i don't think they poured something they like put a little like mesh looking cast thing on his leg and then like black goo like surrounded it and it's like oh hey i feel so much better now it's like okay it was like that thing that batman invented for his knee no. In the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That, or it, the stuff the man in black used to like spray on and he got a bullet wound in his chest repaired. Yeah. Okay. It's, it is like that, really. <laughs> it just a, You just put it on and it makes it better. It's. It, I mean, I agree with Grant that it's like 200 years in the future. It's not implausible. I just think it's interesting that the, the technology is advanced and society's kind of advanced a little bit. I mean, there's some social stuff in there like the... Iranian lady and her husband's friends are obviously gay, but it's not a thing. Is she Iranian? Like I, I couldn't. She is. Pick up, she like, is Iranian. Okay. In real life, that's. Her, oh, her name is like really weird and unpronounceable. It's like so the, Suresh some Agadujul. The actress is Iranian. Mm, I wasn't yeah. sure like where name, she was from. Like it doesn't matter. Of the TV show oh, okay. doesn't matter. She's the just future, Earth. You fucking racist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her name's like Christian in the show. But the and I get that she was from she's from like a family of politicians and you know people who have served the state like her father was a big time big shot and he got her into it and then she tried to get her son into it and her son got killed while he was in the military. I don't think it, it yeah, but it's just like the Chinese guy's name is Jean Pierre or something. It's, right, everybody's it's just all you know. It's just, one world government. It's the UN controls yeah. everything. You want to control one world government, black (laughs) helicopters, mass murder, suicide pills. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) It's true, though. And there's kind of, there's a mention of like universal basic income and a bunch of weird other shit that we're talking about now that seems implausible and kind of retarded, but in 200 years may make more sense. That's what the social critique seems like between Earth and Mars, that they're the point they're trying to make is that the the guy says that like oh yeah we had a paradise but we paved over it mm. and it seems like everything on earth is very very tired like they're managing their empire and that the martians are really whether or not they have better technology they're just you know i guess for lack of a better term more martial they're more organized towards like a single goal for their society and they base everything around that yeah mars seems to have that uh I don't want to say Roman Empire because that is a place of decadence and folly, but that's I mean, sort of what what a lot of avoiding people, like World War Two comparisons. It seems very German, <laughs> like yeah, very like we're doing our work, we're doing it correctly, we're doing it well type thing. Not like the that single focus fascist kind of the state's goal is this, and we're all gonna get behind. It's it. It's not World War Two fascist. It's like just like a little bit like. Hey, we are all working towards the same goal. We all believe in this single goal. Right. We're not to the camps yet. Because we haven't seen much of Mars in the there first season. Camps. 
Yes. It's, it seems like it's a kinder, gentler kind of fascism. It's just more of like a society organized around one principle. It's like so. seems like frontier fascism, yeah. though. Like they're everybody. It's out of necessity, almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah, they are. They realize okay, we are on a harsh planet. We have to conserve resources. I like as an individual, I am putting my efforts towards making us better rather than like. Oh, I want to, you know, ration out that last that extra bit of water or, you know, take it from someone else or, like, use someone else's shower or something like that, like, from the belt. Right. People. Whereas Earth seems like it's, there's no democracy. It's, the UN is the administrative state, and it's just managing this really complex bureaucracy that's been built up over, like, 200 years or however long they've been in control. Yeah. There's, there's a... It seems like there's quote unquote, there's de democracy quote unquote, but she has a nice house though. I say that that's but she's but, probably one of the elites. In I was the gonna society. say that's, that's yeah. part of the social critique is like, that like, she has space. They, that space <laughs> is the luxury because uh, when she and her husband and um, rich gay guys are talking, it's obvious that they're the uber wealthy and uber connected. Maybe by dint of the fact they're in that high level of government, because the 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 white gay dude. Um, ambassador guy is like, oh, we, you know, we planted some new vines in our vineyard, which takes up a tremendous amount of space, which is obviously a huge luxury. And they're just chatting about it. Like, yeah, I planted some new flowers in my backyard, basically. Yeah. When they did the, um, like outside, like establishing shots of like cities and whatnot, like, yeah, there were like some, you know, tall, fancy, shiny looking buildings, but like there were a lot of like rundown places as well. Like there was something like Anchorage Island. I remember like they did an establishing shot of, and it was just like, wow, this place looks like trash and it's like all like run over and stuff like that. Like I would imagine the world outside of, you know, the ultra, you know, cities and whatnot, like are probably closer to that. But Right. And then there's, there's this, giant monolithic organization or entity, the UN that is like Grant said, administering all of this. And it's kind of gets, I think it's to that point where since she threatens that soldier in the helicopter, like I don't even want to see your fucking hover ship over my shoulder or I'll put you on basic assistance by the end of the week. Yeah. That was like, Oh, I'm going to like punish you through bureaucracy. Sort of thing. Right, I'm going to kick you out and make you poor and you're going to be on space welfare but then it's kind of like the, I think the Jefferson quote, the government that's big enough to give you everything can also take it away. That seems to be the UN is has democracy, but since everybody's so dependent on the status quo and on that monolithic power right. block thing, it's kind of like they have a chokehold. And she's torturing people and that her boss just says, oh, don't you do that again? Like, wink, wink, like, you know, <laughs> make <laughs> sure I don't know about it next time. <laughs> Yeah. Right. The, like his tone was like, I don't want to find out about it next time. Do a better yeah. job of keeping it secret. Because <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Wink. Yes, there's, there's some political commentary there, I'm sure. It's, uh, you know, let the Egyptians do the interrogation. Wink. They're really nice. They just serve you tea and chat. Okay. It's true, Justin. They just want to talk. Just like the North Vietnamese, they just wanted to talk about airplanes with the pilots they captured or helped out of their burning wreckage. They didn't capture them. Yeah. They were just keeping them safe. Exactly. Yeah. Did you, uh, that's the, the visual image I got. 
of the guy being hung up by the gravity thing, that reminded me of the stuff that you hear about from North Vietnamese prison camps of like guys being hung out in the sun, like John McCain and stuff. Well, it was sort of strange was not a whole lot came out of that, but I guess because the whole like spaceship getting blown up going throughout the solar system sort of overshadowed that sort of injustice. Yeah. Well, I mean, because guy, the, he like basically killed himself through gravity as like a political statement. It's like, eh, your political statement means nothing because this other dude said something else. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of how it happens in real life. So oh, yeah. I don't know. Mm. I was okay with that. Yeah, I know. Just thinking back to it now. It sucks for him. Well, I'm looking forward to watching the remaining seasons of this until Amazon produces a season four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two seasons left. I do think that the story structure was pretty good by the end. They left it on not really a cliffhanger, but they've answered some questions, and then there's like a new there's new mysteries for the second season. So it kept me interested. It took a while to get into, but it's it's now kept me interested, which is uh, seems like a really rare thing for a sci-fi show these days. Yeah. Because a lot of them are actually pretty poor quality. I think that was that's the strength of the show is that it's not... Uh, it takes a while to get into, but it doesn't try to cover up its shortcomings by laser pew-pews and everything. Yeah, there's actually hardly any laser fights or, you know, there's not a lot of fights, period, in the show. It's more of... The fights are hand-to-hand fists and talking, pretty much. Even the gun battles, though, there's just not there's not a lot of like, uh, oh shit, uh, we have a, a really boring plot. Oh, it's the Cylons. Like, there's it's not there's no there's a very little amount of space porn. <clears throat> yeah, like I think this this is it. It works for me because Battlestar Galactica, when they were trying to copy that, when everybody was trying to copy that, it resulted in things like Stargate Universe, which were too dark <laughs> for their franchise subject matter. So it was incongruent and it felt weird to watch it. Whereas this thing is not really based on any other property. And so I think it has room to, I mean, it's got room to be serious without being overly depressing. Like Battlestar Galactica was a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, Battlestar Galactica's darkness worked specifically for that show. Yeah, it's and just the, not transferable, which right. is the mistake that they kept making. It's like, oh, yeah, everybody likes grimdark stuff, so we're going to transfer it to everything we do. Stargate, which used to be a, a fun adventure show about MacGyver and his friends shooting people on different planets, became a, a dark and edgy show about people, you know, fucking each other in the zero-G shower. And relation. It's 90210 dark. But you, but you know... No. <laughs> It's the same thing with the superhero movies. They everything started going like really, really dark until the Marvel people came in. And now I think well, people still haven't gotten the message. Marvel DC movies didn't are, get the message. Yeah, DC yeah. didn't get the message. Marvel's the only superhero uh universe that actually has a sense of humor and some self referential. DC takes itself too seriously. Who's the bad guy in Marvel, the the movies that are the big bad guy, the purple guy? Thanos. Who's the bad guy in the DC movies? See, nobody fucking knows. There's a difference right there. It's probably Darkseid. Uh, it was Steppenwolf. Yeah, but Justice I mean, like, League. the big guy oh, that they would build League. towards. <laughs> well, it's Darkseid, because yeah. he's their Thanos, but it's like... 
<laughs> that's the, it's just like I can tell you the plot of every SG one episode, and that most Stargate Atlantis episodes can't tell you much about Stargate Universe because it's just like it's just fucking depressing. Well, also, I think that this show works better. It's it's more like a serialized arc type of show, long form storytelling. Whereas mm. you take something like Stargate, which is like an episode by episode thing with limited arcs. And then you try to turn it into like, Ooh, there's one story that plays out over an entire season pisses people off because they're, they want the thing that they've always seen with star. They expect something with Stargate. It's, but the, it's the brand. I think the detective nor thing kind of fits well for this universe. Yeah. It's, it, I like that they didn't go overboard on that though, because that would have been really cheesy. Oh no, I, I agree. I think like, it's also this guy's just one character out of many, and it's interesting that he himself is not even really being like a modern space cop. He's trying to, in some ways, play out. He's trying to LARP the detective thing. That, that's what bugged me the most about him. <laughs> like it, it really did feel like he is in this, you know. Uh, police organization on series and like everyone's just like you know normal police day-to-day work and he like comes in you know like all disheveled with his hat like you know oh i'm so you know deep and i got really drunk last night at the bars i couldn't save the girl yeah he like (laughs) he really is like it feels like he's larping that 1920s detective thing but well yeah i mean he falls (laughs) in love with the the girl that he's trying to find without ever he's having seen a met picture her. On, her like, on his cell phone yeah, thing. It's, it's like, like straight out of, of you know, Philip Marlowe. Yeah. Oh, maybe he likes those books. I don't know. <laughs> well, they, maybe they should have had a shot of like a little, like in the background shot of that on his bookshelf or but books are rare. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, a real E-books. book. Ebooks. Yeah. A whole bookshelf full of Kindles doesn't really have the same effect. Where did yeah. he put them inside book like cases? <laughs> I'm just sorry, like I just Kindles that you flip yeah, through. I just didn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so, a, a so, big, a, so heavy, like a big three ring binder of Kindles. Each one is chock full of different stuff. I mean, that, that could work. Page, yeah. yeah, but it's when the Iranian lady was like, "Oh, real books, may I? oh, it's an original printing. Like it's fucking paper and I, ink. Is I, it really that?" A like, year of lifting Kindle folios. You'd have like Popeye arms and stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going to learn about that and like crush the book accidentally. <laughs> you have the book on your lap during takeoff and it just like breaks yeah. your leg from the G-forces. <laughs> yeah. Oh, season two. Next week, Justin, we torture you into watching another one. Uh, we'll see. Maybe. Maybe. I'll, I'll let you know like around Friday. If you make if it through. I made it through. Otherwise, I might need another week. Season two, definitely uh, next, because we have to find out what happens to everybody. Who does um, Amos kill next? Who's, I mean, do uh, Detective Man and Holden Caulfield survive? Because Amos kept saying that, man, it keeps wanting to go into um, hospice mode here. So maybe one of them's going to not survive radiation poisoning. But the detective guy and Amos are going to fight each other anyway, because Amos killed his buddy. Yeah, yeah. His buddy was a bitch, though. So. I know he was. He deserved to die, just like that guy who committed suicide because he couldn't have his vineyard on Mars because he got banned from the planet. The ambassador guy, what a bitch! Jeez. Well, good life, Iranian lady. What a bitch, also. Like, <laughs> yeah, using her friend like that. Oh well. 
I just, like her, but she sounds like she smokes like three packs a day. <laughs> the UN wants you to smoke cigarettes so you die sooner and you don't have as many children. It's the Belters and the OPA controlled by Obama. <laughs> I kept thinking of Alex Jones the whole time. Oh, like OPA stands for Obama Planet Association? or <laughs> Well, it's like the UN. The UN's in control of everything. They're going to come in the black helicopters and take your land. Mark my words. And there literally was a black helicopter <laughs> yeah. trying to take the person's land. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Black cyber jets. Or 